that you're born an Italian If you want your life to be great See that you're born an Italiano And your life will be great Hey there, Paisani, and welcome back to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. I am your host, John Viola, doing my best impression of Wolfman Jack today. You got to forgive my laryngitis, but uh, I am out here in the Great Garden State with my partner in crime, the notorious P.O.B. Patrick O'Boyle, the Italian American Wikipedia himself. We are having an espresso with Scottish shortbread cookies. Yeah, I'm very surprised that you splurged for uh, th- that. Was out of left field. Irish. I, I went to seen. Costco and. I browsed all the cookies, and there was a lot of cookies that had ingredients that I didn't know or didn't pronounce, mm. couldn't pronounce. You went healthy. Yeah, uh, that's me. Yeah, all my fat is quality fat. I said this a million <laughs> times. Yes, it's like a, it's like a, uh, was it Hamworth Ham? What's Herod- the special? Herod- the heritage breed pig. Was yeah. it Tamworth pig? Like yeah. my fat is quality fat. That's right. It's like Kobe beef. Yeah, like Kobe beef fat. <laughs> and I found Scottish shortbread cookies, and all they had was flour, sugar, and eggs. Speaking of Kobe beef fat, yes, they're, they're so very nice. You I love like them. Them. They're nice, dude. They're, 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 they're. I thought that. I mean, they were more expensive than the other cookies, but I think they were very much worth it. I usually get these when I go over to the UK. These are Walkers. You know, they're not advertising on the Italian American podcast, so we can say the name. Yeah. But yeah, they're good. I, you know, speaking of fat, we you... probably have a better chance of getting Walker shortbreads to advertise on our podcast in an Italian. <laughs> That's probably is there an Italian? It'd probably be easier to deal with. There might be some Bizon working in Walkers UK. That's true. Who will give us more cooperation? Because the, Itali- the theme of Italian Italians everywhere is why help my own when I can screw them. <laughs> There's a great Neapolitan saying: they can't rob the meat off of the spit, so they want to make sure they burn it. They wow. can't rob your meat off the spit. They just want to make sure they burn it. That's wild. That's very appropriate. That's, that's, that's Italy. But I am sure that it'd be easier to get a Scotsman to oh, pay for time. it. Hey, well, I'm going to support you. You podcast. <laughs> What's the Italian equivalent? Molino Bianco, maybe? Yeah, Molino Bianco. I, guess, I don't know if they have a lot of stuff in them. Yeah. I'm going to start doing all my own homemade stuff. And we have a special guest here today. John, can I mention him yet? Yeah, of course. Because he brought the rals. Yes, he That's did. a true Italian guest that comes with gifts. That's very true. And it's the kind of gifts we like. Why don't you introduce our guest? I am, at heart, a unicorn. Very on, true. On June 6th, 1993, many of our listeners weren't even born yet. Their parents weren't even dating yet. It was my first unicorn meeting. I had gotten a scholarship from them. They were the Italian community of North Arlington growing up. They were the representatives of the Italian people. Yeah. It was an Italian-American club. It only had six members. It was covert then. It's still covert now. I think they exist. But all the Italian community of North Arlington was Unico. And for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, my start in Italian-America as an adult. was the First was the Italian club in Green Peace High School. Right. Because that, that was like a terrorist breeding ground for Italian-American nationalism. <laughs> it's like a camp. Would they send the terrorists in the Middle East to a camp? Radicalization camp. Yeah. So it went from a radicalization camp to North Arlington Unico. And this year, as we celebrate my 30 years of Unicon, wow. we have with us on our 101st year of Unicon National, the country's largest Italian-American service organization, Cavaliere Ralph Contini, national president of Unicon National. Ralph, welcome to the Italian-American podcast. Well, thank you for having me here today. It's really nice to have you in, and I'm glad that we can do this while we're out in Jersey. You're a Jersey native yourself, correct? Not a native, but I am a Jersey guy, yes. You're not a native. No, I'm not a native. Where did you come to the Great Garden State from? Well, my 
Actually, I want to go back to my family story. My family's American dream it was built upon the foundation laid by my grandparents, my grandfather, my grandmother. They came to the United States in the mid-1950s, and they brought with them six of their nine children, and they left behind three of their oldest children, my mom being one of them, uh, just in case things didn't work out in America because uh, they did have a house, they did have some land, they had some vineyards, they had some olive trees and so on. So they, they came to Cliffside Park, New Jersey, and they settled in Cliffside Park, New Jersey. Um, I am the proud son of a carpenter from Sicily and a seamstress from Calabria. That uh, carpenter at the seamstress in Calabria, where the, my mom and my dad ended up marrying. And uh, during that period of time, my mom and my dad, they were supposed to follow the family to the States. But uh, one thing led to the next that didn't happen. So then um, once uh, my mom was pregnant, they were supposed to follow, come to the States again. That didn't happen again. Anyway, my dad died tragically uh, when my sister was two years old and I was merely six years old. So then, uh, after a certain period of time, we were reunited with my family in, uh, in the United States. So wow. that's my life uh, story. So how old were you when you came here? Uh, we made it over. By that time, I was 10 years old. Wow. So you spent the first 10 years of your life in Italy. I did. In Calabria. In, well, I unfortunately, I traveled back and forth between Calabria and Sicily. And the many times I traveled was when my dad was sick and in the hospital. So I, I don't have the... Uh, I don't want to get too emotional, but uh, yes, it's not a most, fond memory. It was, I I do have fond memories, but uh, um, I did spend uh, time between the Sicily and Calabria. But we were we, we were living in Calabria though. And so you came here. You, you've been in New Jersey ever since. Yes, we have. And you are uh, at this point in your life the president of Unico, right? The oldest and largest service-based organization in the Italian American community. Why don't you tell our audience a little bit before we go into you know, it is 100 years now, correct? This is the 100th anniversary right now. Well, we actually had our 100th anniversary in Waterbury, Connecticut on October 10th of uh, 2022. Oh. Uh, this Waterbury. was the 100th convention this yes. year because they oh, skipped the me, year because me. of well, COVID. Oh, okay. I understand yes. now. So I was installed national president at the 100th annual convention in Sanibel Harbor, Florida. As Pat was mentioning, you're celebrating 30 years? Yes. I'm celebrating 40 years. Wow. This is my 40th year. Congratulations. And I have fond memories of North Arlington Unicans. They were the best. Yes. They Richie, were Richie Bonanno. Richie Bonanno. Who even has yes. a monument to North Arlington with his name on it. Yes. Pat Akasella. Bob, Bob Wolfie, your national chaplain national still. National chaplain, Bob Wolfie, Joe Polari, Tony Chiarello, Randy Pierce, um, Charlie Belmonte. I, mean, I could go on. Tom Antonelli. I mean, they were just phenomenal human beings. I, I, I was privileged to grow up with that kind of mentorship. There'll never be men like them again. They were the cream of the crop. You are always proud to say you're a unicorn at heart. Yeah. They, if, Wherever we North go, Arlington, whatever correct. we do in Italian-America, you always say, you always start your introduction like that. It's in everything, all your well, bios know, and stuff. But wait and, a minute. Tell us what Unico does for those who don't know. Because pretend our audience has no idea. Where is Unico in the country? What's and, the history? Yeah, what's history? Give us something. Sure. Um, well, Unico is, uh, as Pat mentioned, one of the premier uh, national organizations uh, 
were uh, founded on the principle of service above self that dictates pretty much uh, what we do. And we have chapters throughout the country. And in those chapters, we have men and women who come together because of their mutual shared Italian heritage. And uh, we, um, we're proud that uh, we also do a lot of charity work, uh, charity work at the local level as well as the national level. Our national charities uh, were primarily uh, started with scholarships, the Waterbury chapter and uh, many of the early chapters, they focused on education. Education really made us, some of us, what we are today. Sure. Uh, and uh, as far as some of the other charities, uh, we focus on cancer research prevention. We do some uh, special needs. We have uh, mental health. Uh, we have Cooley's anemia is a big Mediterranean-based uh, uh, disease that uh, they've come a long way over the last uh, number of years. Of course, we also tried to help the needy. Uh, we have uh, food banks, uh, bank programs, and uh, many of our local chapters, they have their own uh, causes. Uh, about a week and a half ago, I went to the Belleville Unico ALS uh, walk. Mm. So that was uh, that was pretty interesting there, very first. And um, uh, some of the other chapters, of course, they have their own uh, cancer research projects. Uh, they have uh, many other things that they support uh, at their own uh, levels. That's wonderful. Uh, it's interesting to see a national organization in the community that is really about kind of volunteerism and service and charity more so than anything else. Uh, you guys also funded a lot of the chairs in Italian-American studies out there, right? I think most of them are funded by Unico. Well, uh, it's interesting because uh, we did, uh, I, I call it seeding the chairs. Mm. On many occasions, we would start the campaign, and uh, one of the early campaigns we had was the uh, Italian Studies Chair up in uh, the University of uh, Connecticut, UConn, and then we came down to Seton Hall, seating the chair. Uh, as you may know, these campaigns are all about funding, and it, it, it starts at, uh, it used to start about a million dollars now. I'm sure they're up to a lot more than that. Yeah. So what Unico used to do, we used to seat it and uh, have fundraisers, and I believe the, I was very involved in one at Montclair State University when the Joe Coccia was uh, uh, Italian Studies Chair there. I was... Uh, uh, with Joe, and uh, I believe we raised approximately 347000 to get that going. Wow. But uh, if I could just interrupt a minute, so because I was, I was active, very active, and involved in those years. So when, when Ralph talks about seeding, what would happen is uh, Unico would go to a university that wanted to have an endowed chair in Italian-American studies, and Unico would give, would give the initial cash startup. That would be the seeding. And then the university would take that and run with it. Right. Am I correct? Would you say that's correct, Ralph? That, that is correct. And what they would do, they would leverage that. They would leverage that by getting a naming donor. And they would ask the naming donor for uh, the naming gift. And uh, that's why we have chairs. There are chairs named uh, Alberto Chair and uh, and Sarah Chair in uh, Montclair State University. So that's what the donor— That's Sarah's supermarket. That's correct. Because Joe Kocha had been a good friend of the Inceras, and that had been— how the Inseras, I think, came to the table with the wheat gift. That was part of it, uh, but uh, the Insera family has been very generous over the years. They've always supported chapters and Unico National. I, uh, when I chaired a national convention in 1999, I went to the Insera family and I asked them for a corporate uh, donation. In those days, uh, Unico was not raising money in, in corporate ways, and uh, that was one of the things that I was able to uh, help initiate. 
and the Sarah family has always been there. And this past year's convention, they're our main sponsor of ours. They're our title sponsor. So uh, uh, they're very generous to the community. So just, I think, a clarification, a good clarification for everyone out there who's learning about UNCO is that a lot of the other Italian-American national organizations were mutual aid societies or beneficial societies or lodges. Unico was not that. Right. Unico's purpose is charitable giving. And the reason why I bring that to light is that Unico is really the Italian-American knockoff of, of Rotary. Right. And the reason I say that is because Rotary refused to allow the Italian-Americans in Waterbury, Connecticut, I think it was in 1922, mm-hmm. Dr. Vestola, right. who was a physician. I think it was from San Valentino Torrio. I think so. We have, a very, we have one of our best listeners. His family is from there. And um, he came to the United States as a young child, went through medical school. He was a prominent physician, you know, wanting to, as the word they used at the time, Americanize and incorporate himself into the community, assimilate into the community. He applied for Rotary because Rotary did all this great charitable work. And even though a, a prominent man like that kind of physician, he was Italian and he was denied. That's amazing. And because he was denied uh, membership in Rotary, he said, you know what? I'm going to go and start my own Italian-American um, organization that's basically the Italian-American version of Rotary, and that became Unico National. Wow. And now there was a, a, a separate group in the Midwest in the 40s. Am I correct? The Italian-American Civic that Association is- or League? That was another group in the Midwest that merged in with Unico after the war. That is correct. In 1947, on July 4th, uh, that organization merged with Unico. At the time, it was Unico became national. By doing the merger, it became national. So uh, on July 4th of 1947, the merger took place, and it uh, did officially become Unico National. Is that what it is? I always thought Unico National was just to say, like, you know, the, the overarching headquarters, not the local chapters. I didn't realize that the name derived from a merger. That's interesting. And then Unico took the ball and ran with it. Right. And raise money for all kinds of charities. And I think the flagship charity in the early days was Cooley's Anemia. It was one of them. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, Unico all, at all levels, very high on education, uh, advancing the education. But as far as the other causes, Cooley's Anemia was definitely one of the very first. And the reason I bring Cooley's Anemia up is that my uh, chapter in North Arlington used to have a collection on Palm Sunday. Because that's one of the most trafficked days for people to go to Mass every sure. year. We would stand out the doors of Queen of Peace Church with the coffee can and the apron that said, Give to Cooley's Anemia. And the reason I highlight that is, is that Mario Longi, a dear friend of mine, my high school years, who was also a member of the chapter, is a pharmacist. And I remember Mario saying to us how far Cooley's Anemia had gone mm-hmm. from a death sentence in the 1950s and 60s. And even in the 90s, People moving into their 40s, into their 50s, and it's only gotten better. Yeah. And a huge reason behind that is the money that Unico National pumped into Cooley's anemia research. Because if a lot of you have never heard of Cooley's anemia, it's a disease that affects people from the Mediterranean. Like I said, it was a death sentence in the 50s. I don't think children made it to adolescence. If you made it to 12 or 14, I think you were lucky. And when you have um, a disease that's not, I don't want to say popular, that's, a, that's not the right word, but you know, cancer affects so many people. and and, you know, you had the March of Dimes and stuff like that. But when you kind of have a niche disease mm-hmm. that affects a certain population, it's not as easy to raise money for it. There's not as much money coming in. And Unico National took that ball and ran with it. And the money they raised made huge gains in making 
Cooley's anemia a livable disease. Yeah. And that's a tremendous credit to Unico. But then Unico went to the Jimmy V. Cancer Foundation. Unico always kind of adapted to the needs of the time. You know, they worked with the Italian Studies Chairs, right? They were pioneers in putting on college campuses an Italian Studies Chair, which would be a dedicated academic to teach Italian-American studies to college kids. Um, I don't know how far in the Midwest, but I know they were very big in the, in the, on the East Coast. And now I know you have a, a huge scholarship program. I know you covered nurses and, and all different. You want to talk a little bit about the scholarship program that Unico does now? Uh, we do. Um, thanks to a um, Unican major donor, uh, I will mention his name, Ralph Taracco, we have been able to greatly expand our scholarship programs. And uh, we have a number of uh, scholarships. Uh, we have a nursing uh, scholarship. Believe it or not, we have seminarians. Uh, we have uh, uh, study abroad, and uh, uh, there's a whole list of scholarship opportunities for students. I'm also proud to mention that this year, for the first time, we have created a founder scholarship by the Manganaro family. Manganaro was a founder, one of the 15 founders who uh, came together with Dr. Lestola in Waterbury to start Unico. So his family has created a... Uh, a scholarship in his name, and we launched that for the first uh, to the first recipient uh, actually uh, recently. Speaking of Waterbury and the fifteen founders, how, I know you know Pat says Unico have very healthy presence here in New Jersey, Connecticut. I've dealt with some Unico chapters in my time working in Memphis, Tennessee, and places like that. Is there still a national headquarters in Waterbury? No, uh, our water our headquarters is in Fairfield, New Jersey. Oh, okay, and. Uh, Waterbury is the oldest chapter in Unico. But the headquarters is out of Jersey. The headquarters has been in Jersey for many, many years. What are the some of the biggest states that Unico services? Well, obviously, New Jersey, we have the majority of the chapters. Uh, in the tri-state area, uh, we have uh, Pennsylvania and Connecticut and, uh, and New York. But New Jersey is predominantly the uh, majority of the uh, chapters in Unico. This is why you're so affectionate for your no, that's not fair. Do you think it's got a New Jersey a, identity? I think it has a New Jersey personality. New Jersey personality. <laughs> um, I've had, um, I don't think we're the best fit for all parts of America. <laughs> we're a great fit for New Jersey. So if you meet a Unikin or you go to a Unico event, you smell Jersey in the air. Really? I think so. And I say that with pride. We are what we are. Yeah. But um, why do I have such affection for Unico? Number one, it's my home. Right? That's why I started out in Italian America. Um, I was National Youth Chairman back in the day. Wow. Because I was National Youth Chairman, that's how I got involved with NIAF. A big reason why I know you and so many people at the time you very uh, true. across the country. I'm very proud to say that a very, very dear friend of mine, Louis Castro, like 20 years younger than me, is National Youth Chairman now. Yeah, that's right. And I'm and so Louis proud. And was on the show when we, Louis on the we show. went to play bocce and they right. renovated the courts. Yes. Louis comes on like Louis comes on like many different guises. Yeah, Louis's great. Louis, Louis came on for the Napoli oh, soccer yeah, right. team. Yeah. He came on for the bocce. Louis, and now he's Unico National Youth Chairman. And well, I it was not... my it was my honor to appoint them. Sure, international chairman. I saw the uh, well. Luke comes from a legacy of Unico and his family, so it was my his honor. Father to, his father was national president, president Dominic. Wow. If I if I may just retrace my steps just a bit, I don't want to make it sound as exclusively a New Jersey operation. We have uh, uh, Massachusetts. We have chapters in Massachusetts. We have chapters in uh, Illinois. 
uh, Kansas City, Memphis, and Florida. Florida is a growth uh, area for Unico. We have three chapters in uh, in Florida. As a matter of fact, this coming weekend and through the midweek, I'm heading to what I call the Florida swing, uh, flying into Tampa, or the Florida, uh, the Tampa Meet the President. Uh, and we'll be there on Saturday and Sunday. On Monday, I'm heading to Fort Lauderdale. See, every year we select convention sites. Mm. 2025, we're going to Fort Lauderdale, uh, Weston Hotel in Fort Lauderdale. Oh. And the next day, I'm going over to Highland Beach. Highland sure. Beach is uh, one of our uh, very successful chapters in Florida. So that's a growth market, Florida. No, I know you guys have chapters everywhere, because like I said, when I was in Memphis, I remember being very excited by the fact that one of the major groups down there that was active in, in a, you know, in a community that's sort of isolated, really, uh, was Unico, because it gave me some sort of familiarity and connectivity to what's going on. It's interesting to see how the geography kind of works for all these national groups, right? Because Unico is considered amongst the national groups of, you know, OSIA and ISDA and NIAF and Unico. It's kind of really it, I think. I, I don't want to leave anybody out, but there's no other national groups, right? Am I missing anybody? If we left someone out, <laughs> we'll hear about it, I'm sure. But those little fingers. I'm on medication. Tight. Keep in mind, I have a cold. Um, but no, I mean, you know, it's a, it's definitely a national organization. And you mentioned the Meet the President. Does that mean you go see every chapter around the country? Well, uh, the goal is to at least try and get to just about every state that has a chapter. Wow. So, so far, uh, this is our second Florida trip. Um, but um, I need I hope to get out to Kansas City. In June, they have a very big uh, Italian festa in Kansas City, and I, I hope to get. To, I will get to Chicago and Milwaukee. By the way, we do have chapters uh, in Milwaukee and Chicago. Matter of fact, Milwaukee was one of the early. They came from the Civic uh, uh, merger, mm. uh, so uh, we have a nice group out there. Um, so um, yeah, the goal is to try and meet as many people as you can. Uh, we just had a recent meet the president in New Jersey. Be there? No, but I'm going there. to tomorrow night. Okay. Prime, Wait, you, prime rib. You're coming tomorrow night? Yeah. Okay. I, tomorrow I, night? A prime rib? You want to come? I love prime rib. It's prime rib and cigar night. I just found out from Louie. Want to come? You know, I missed the, the beefsteak dinner, too, by the way. Nobody follows up with me in the Brendan, Brendan, in New York. I told Brendan, ate that. You were booked that night or something. We Maybe. told you. I get left out I mean, of I was going to blame Brendan, stuff. but... We'll throw another beefsteak to you, but if you want to go, Unico's having their a prime rib dinner. That's like my favorite. It's thing. a prime rib cigar night. I'm not into cigars, but I'm, I love prime rib. Can I bring a pipe? Would I be sure. allowed? Sure. You now you're going to go to that too. You... Yes, as, as as president, what happens is that that becomes a fundraiser for our convention, our next convention. So last year, uh, it's an annual thing, and uh, uh, can I can I mention where it's going to be? Or... Yeah, 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 sure. Of course. Uh, it's going to be at the Brick House in uh, Wyckoff, New Jersey. This so don't night. don't. Let me just tell you this. Please don't show up tomorrow night because <laughs> this isn't going to air. This ain't going to air for like six <laughs> weeks. <laughs> no, and you're going to show up tomorrow night. And yeah, say, where's Pat and John and Ralph? And we're not yeah, going to be this there. This is pre-recorded. Well, right? no this is probably going to come out a year from now in June. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I came with my pipe and my cigar <laughs> and prime rib, and you were not there. So no. I'm sorry, but we're going to think about you tomorrow yep. night. Yeah, we will. This might be February when you're listening to this. And right. Just know that we had a great prime rib dinner. <laughs> Do you know, Ralph, that John is a collector of Southern Italian pipes? He's a pipe smoker. I just found that out. Big pipes. You, I don't smoke. Do you smoke pipes and cigars and all that stuff? I, I mean, that's don't not smoke my thing. Pipes. I do have uh, social. Let's call it social cigars. Just like you do social drinking. Yeah. I uh I I I would go a cigar once in a while. 
It's a good fundraiser, Cigar Nights. People love them. People get really excited by them. It's a great opportunity to raise money for a good cause. I, I go to the one from uh, Monsignor Casado in Brooklyn. He must make a fortune on that thing. Monsignor Casado can make a fortune on selling lollipops. <laughs> That's very true. He could. <laughs> no, nobody, yeah. nobody, money never flies to anybody. Like I, I know he's not listening to this. He's probably on a cruise somewhere or somewhere, <laughs> shaking down somebody somewhere. But there's Ooh. nobody. If you want to learn how to make money and shake people down, Monsignor Casado is your guru. He is oh, a fundraising boy. champion, yeah. But his cigar night is a great fundraiser. Thousands of people come out, and he's got a box, this white box. It is like it's a terrible stereotype of priest fundraising, but it's got this white box with like a digital uh, screen on it, and it reads $100. And it's got like a hole, and you have to dip your credit card in to leave. He stands at the door. You have to dip $100. And I mean, he'll let you leave eventually, but he will guilt you. And everybody ends up giving him hundred dollars because you just want to get out of there. People love him. People love him. The more he shakes you down for money, the more people chase after. He does it with a twinkle in his eye. He does, but you know what? And I've said this to a lot of people. Somebody's got to shake you down to to pay the bills. Absolutely. Somebody's got to be the shakedown guy. It's not easy. I mean, look, we're talking about all this good work that Unico does, scholarships and grants and programs and this and and disease and you know that that's not an easy task. You guys have a membership dues, I'm sure, but where do you raise the majority? Well, uh, the majority is raised at the local level. Each chapter has uh, causes, right? And uh, we hold our national convention. Uh, last, at the last national convention, we raised $100,000 from the floor of the convention towards our cause, some of the causes that I mentioned before. Uh, visibility is important. You're talking about promoting. I had the honor of working with and naming ESPN South Palantonio uh, as our honorary national spokesperson uh, nice. for this year. And uh, Sal is very generous with his time, and uh, he will help us to elevate our brand and hope to uh, increase membership, hopefully, and uh, and to help us raise money for causes. Is that something that you guys are actively, I mean, you know, we've got a vast audience of interested Italian Americans here, and we always encourage, whatever the guest is, you know, we encourage them to speak to the audience and uh, make that appeal, right? And whatever, whether you've got a book that you wrote or a documentary, whatever it is. And in this case, is membership kind of the best way to support you guys? Well, it's, it's a two-way street because it's not just about membership. It's about those out there that are proud of their Italian heritage, right? They want to reconnect with their Italian heritage. Unico certainly provides that opportunity. Um, and uh, in doing so, you get to meet so many other people. Pat, you met a ton of people through oh, Unico, I right? Can't, I can't tell you how many friendships of people Correct. that have towns I would never have known Plainfields used to have the pork roast. I don't know. They still do. It's the do they? Roast. I know. I, yeah. I think after COVID, we, I haven't gone to that. But you'd meet so many great people. And the, the great fun in the 90s that we had as a Unicode chapter was in raising money. The stuff we had to do to raise money was where all the fun was. Yeah. Right? North Arlington used to have a 4th of July kind of jamboree, like a town, like a county fair, like a town fair type thing. And... um. Unico, which we were very involved with, Unico in the 90s had a program called ACES. It's a long story where they picked that name. but That was kind of like their youth branch. And my Italian club from high school, kind of en masse, a lot of us joined North Arlington's ACES club, which would have been like the youth chapter. And we had the most fun. We had the most fun with Pat Acasella. One Fourth of July, we were selling watermelon. Don't ask, we were selling chunks of watermelon at this Fourth of July fair. And Pat Acasella would have been like... Um, Older on the father spectrum for a lot of us, almost like a like a younger grandpa, mm -hmm. right? And um, he went, and we we couldn't we couldn't 
We had so much. We overbought watermelon. We had just <laughs> a, a mountain of watermelons that we couldn't push. So Pat, who was carving the watermelons for us, goes and makes a helmet, a hat out of the watermelon, and puts it on his head and starts singing, fresh, fresh. Water, <laughs> walks up and down Ridge Road in North Arlington, chanting fresh, fresh watermelon. And we, at, it was like the most innocent fun. But we yeah. used to have like laughs. We had beefsteak dinners. They used to clean it up afterwards. It was the camaraderie would never be rivaled. We'd have chapter meetings. The chapter meetings were the best. I am so glad I saw them because at that time, Unico, Unico now has female members. But at that time, there was a male organization and a women's auxiliary. So when I joined, it was all men's club. And the first Wednesday of the month was our monthly meeting. And at that time, our membership was predominantly Italian Americans in town who had businesses, who had a jewelry store, who had a luggage store. Uh, Paddock has a lot of cabinet store and the like, uh, made cabinets. And Fra- Frank Romano did, did, did uh, what do you call when you fix, when cars are banged up? Uh, auto body work, right? <laughs> yeah. And the reason I bring it up is those guys would be surrounded by dirt and grease and oil all day long, and they go home early and they would shower. And they went to those Unico meetings. They looked like, I, like nineteen, the nineteen sixties Rat Pack. Yeah. They were dressed, their nails were polished, they were combed and cleaned, and they smelled of like this really strong great cologne. And <laughs> they'd have these cufflinks and a diamond ring, and the the shirt would be. Pr- they all wore suits. Yeah. They all wore suits, and they were dressed like they were going to their own kids' wedding. Yeah. I mean, and and the wives were so happy because they got rid of their husbands for one night a week. Like, I'm so glad I don't have to see Tony tonight. Like that. <laughs> and um. Those guys would all come dressed to the nines and they'd go for a cocktail beforehand instead wow. of at the Roma restaurant. That'd be like six o'clock. Seven o'clock was our meeting. I remember then that it cost us $12 for dinner. Wow. So we would get for $12, we got a salad, wine. You could have red wine, rose or white, soda, water. They had um, a salad, uh, uh, like rigatoni and vodka. Then we would have a, a choice of an entree. And then we would get Tortoni from Nastos for dessert. Wow. Coffee. Now, on special occasions, we paid $15. And we would get Galamad or Mussels as, a, as an antibas course. Wow. So I remember one year, because you know I like to eat. I said to the membership, <laughs> for three extra hours, why don't we get the antibas? At every meeting goes, oh, no, then it wouldn't be a special occasion. When we <laughs> just, just, oh, those guys, I learned so much about life at those tables. Yeah. Right. Because and this is the benefit to an all men's organization. Right. They, they tell you a lot of life lessons. Yeah. That they would never say in mixed company. Of course. Yeah. You know, and you learn a lot about life and about marriage and about kids and about business, about growing older. I could not have asked for better mentors than those guys. And I learned so much at those tables because they were my people. Their values were my values, right? I lost my grandfather very young. People, someone in the members said, you never talk about your grandfather. I have tremendous memories of my grandfather. I very, my grandfather raised me, my grandparents. My grandfather died suddenly when I was like four and a half. I'm shocked about how many memories I have for a kid that young. But it was almost like they filled that need mm-hmm. in the sense that the, the advice you want to ask an older guy yeah. They would give it. And there's so many life lessons that I, I quote now that the guy said at the table, you know? Uh, you know, you talk about membership organizations like that, right? Because we, we always talk about the idea that organizations are moving away from brick and mortar and monthly meetings or weekly meetings, whatever. And yes, we all do have to figure out different ways to engage. That's fair. It's a different world. But I've always had this theory that 
you know, you mentioned before Unico is in many ways an Italian version of Rotary in doing service and doing charity work, right? But I wonder if you were Rotarian, I guess would be the term, for an equal amount of years, would you develop the same kind of bonds, particularly cross-generational bonds? Because when I was at NEF and working there and, and, you know, with the board all the time, I found it very um, surprising how often I would get into really intimate conversations with board members about my relationships or about life or treat them like Dutch uncles, really. And I kind of ascribe that to the fact that we shared a heritage and values and experience, if not values, right? And I wonder sometimes these organizations like you share, um, the less and less Italian organizations actually do encourage that kind of downtime together. I wonder if we're going to lose that transference of not not necessarily the culture, but just the the relationships, you know? It was mentoring. I mean, it's mentoring. A lot, yeah. a lot of people are going to come out and say, every different Unicorn you bring to the table is going to have a different aspect of what appealed to them about Unicorn, what their memories are. Like, you know, I would be bereft. Is that the right word? If I didn't mention Manny Alfano and Andre Domino, they did a lot for anti-Italian American discrimination work. It's controversial in our community, um, but they brought it to a lot of people's attention. They started in Unico. They started yes. in Unico when Italian American One Voice Manny, may he rest in peace. Was from the Bloomfield chapter. He did so much for the young people for the Aces program. He started the St. Joseph's. I had never heard of a St. Joseph's. Thing. I mean, that's a Sicilian tradition. He really brought it to Unico. I I only learned about it from high school because he had it for um, Unico in Bloomfield, and he made it a young people's event. And you know, even to go with the mentoring, we would have district meetings. So you'd have a a chapter meeting, an all men chapter meeting once a month. We'd go out to dinner, and then. Like two weeks later, there would be a chapter meeting. So I was in Unico District 7. And all the chapters in our area, now where I live in New Jersey, all the towns are one mile squares, and every town had a Unico chapter. So for the seven towns around us, more or less, we would have these district meetings. And it was the exact same as the chapter meeting, but on a much bigger scale. So you would rotate to every, you'd go to whatever chapter was hosting, you would use their restaurant, and you put the suit on again and polish your shoes and put on your cufflinks. And I met so many guys from so many other chapters. So it expanded your mentoring network because, mm. you know, we call them the M&M boys, right? Well, uh, Mike Sutera. My, my whole chapter. Sure. Uh, my whole chapter of Hackensack, uh, the, if I may. Uh, as a matter of fact, tonight we have a district meeting. Hey, it's funny you're mentioning that, but uh, uh, we're going to be, the Hackensack chapter is hosting a district meeting tonight. It'll be in Munaki. But to go back on the mentoring, mentoring is so important. I was mentored by number of Unicans over the years. I was brought into Unico by my my uncle, introduced here by my uncle, who became national president. Tony Gagliotti. Tony Gagliotti, 1984. And many of his contemporaries that you mentioned before, like Richie Banana and so on, they were very Renato close. Renato Birabin and... Yes. Uh, and and, and Mike Satara and, uh, and Mike Darmini, the M&M team. So uh, to go back on membership, as I said, it's a two-way street, right? You have discovered a, a, a lifelong bonds, you'll create lifelong bonds, but uh, if I may, use this as a commercial. Can I do a yeah, commercial? Yeah, of course, yeah. Well, earlier this year at the National Convention, I kicked off uh, what uh, is now the Unico Avanti membership sweepstakes uh, as it relates to a Unico Grow uh, Avanti plan, and that is a multi-layered uh, 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 program where we go back to some of the things that it might be common sense. One of the things that I found out is that um, sometimes you need to be asked to, to belong to something. One of the things that I came across is that you need to initiate and ask someone 
to become a member. Because many times I've, I've seen no one has ever asked me to be a member. Not so much even Unico, even other organizations, right? So a personal invitation is very important. And of course, some of the things we're trying to leverage, social media is very important. Uh, we have, uh, in the process of working with a very aggressive digital media campaign on social media. Um, of course, to October, we have October Heritage Month. What a great month to have a membership month. So yeah. I put that to the forefront. Um, our uh, Unico Avanti membership sweepstakes, if I may, a new member who comes in in this fiscal year, Unico runs on a July 1 through June 30th fiscal year. And uh, uh, if you become a new member, there's anybody out there who might be interested in Unico, this is a good year. It's always a good time to pick, uh, be, become a Unico member. But this year, especially this year, we have uh, a, uh, a tour to Italy for two sponsored by Perillo Tours. So you have an opportunity to go to the sweepstakes as a new member. That's cool. And if an existing member, like Pat, myself, if you bring in three members, three new members, your name will also go into the sweepstakes. So uh, you will have an opportunity to uh, potentially go to a 10-day tour uh, in Italy. Can't beat that. That's a good that's a good enough reason. It's like a raffle. What does is, what is membership cost? Well, membership is uh, at the chapter level. Each mm-hmm. chapter charges their, their number as far as membership. Uh, and uh, it, it's very affordable. It's yeah. just it's typically under $100. That's great, yeah. It's so interesting to see. You, you made a great point, you know. Sometimes you just have to ask. I feel like a lot of organizations actually don't. You know, they don't make the effort to just ask. And, like, we see so many active young people who may not really know what groups are out there and what the traditions are and the legacy of organizations like Unico. And we say to them all the time, like, Here, here's here's what's in front of you. And you know what? They oftentimes react and sign up and become real leaders in these things. We had an Italian apostolate meeting last night. And if you follow the Italian apostolate of the Archdiocese in Newark on social media, I'm the old man in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Right? They're all in their 20s, their early 30s. One member's even 19, right? So if you look at that, we have the young millennials and we have Gen Z. Yeah. And I think that they are very misread as a generation. And I think the media spins them to be somebody that they're not because one thing about them is I think that, especially if you're a listener and you're in that category, you're the prime example because you're listening to the podcast. Right. And I think the retro, I call it retro America in a good sense, like the Rotary Clubs and the Lions Clubs. I think that there's an interest that they have in that kind of um, yeah. thing that maybe was rejected by my Gen X crowd. And it kind of like, you know, we're in the Pooh Bob. Nor, uh, Unicorn never had a Pooh Bob hat, but like the Alhambra Society. Right. There's certain the fezes, like, and, the yeah. fezes, like you know what? What was Ralph Crampton a member of? The, the lo- what lodge was he uh, in? The Beaver know. Lodge, or yeah. whatever. Somebody out there's going to know. Fred Flintstone was a was a water buffalo. What was Fred yeah? Flintstone? They had all like those that, things, right? yeah. and I think that um, that's all based on the Elks. That's all based on the Elks and right. all all the um, the Raccoon Lodge. Right. That that was the that was um, Ralph Crampton. Ralph Crampton, mm-hmm. and I think that that stuff is kind of coming back. Yeah, I found that Gen Z and the young millennials are seeking some sort of community yeah. because they grew up in, um, I saw Father Bob Wolfie last night who I had a very long emotional evening with. And it was kind of funny that it should be Eva tonight because he was at the Italian apostolate meeting. And my first Unico meeting in 1993 was his last because he entered the seminary. Wow. So I got my scholarship. I signed up and he entered the seminary. We're from the same town. We grew up in North Island. We have very, very, a lot of, we shared a lot of memories last night of people we knew and, times that have gone by, but we grew up in a real community, yeah. right? 
And he said, you know, like we were talking about how the world has changed. Like there's a sterility now to suburbs. Mm. Um, oh, there's a guy next door. I think he's a plumber. I think his name is Bob. I'm not sure. Uh, I see him coming in and out compared to us where everybody knew the business. And I think I heard them fighting last night. I bet you she leaves them. I saw her hanging her Madonna <laughs> out on the on the line. I, she never cleans her house. Well, you know, when everybody's when you have a real community, people are in your business twenty four seven. Yeah. So when you're never alone, you truly never are alone. Yeah. But that kind of close knit community, when you have a death in the family and six thousand people show up with food at your door, that's kind of missing. And I think, I think, if I read them correctly, Gen Z and the millennials are longing for that. Sure. Because they don't have that, and I think that groups like Unico fill that need because in Unico you're never alone. Right. In the sense that if you want to be a professional Unican, a full-time Unican, every night of the week there is something to do. Yeah. I mean, now, if you're in parts of the country that don't have a lot of Unico chapters, that's a different story. But in North Jersey, you could be going to a different meeting, a different committee meeting, a different dinner every single night, and it becomes a family. It really becomes a family. You know, like when the names I mentioned earlier, when I was talking to Father Bob Wolfie, I truly loved guys like Joe Polari and Pat Akasella as if they were my own flesh and blood. Yeah. That's the kind of impact they had on me growing up, you know? And that's where the Gumbada Kumada system, when you think about it, like the Italian Americans have a, an honorary godfather title for people mm-hmm. who are not your family by blood, but your family by choice. Yeah. And um, that's why I think it was such a, it's such a wonderful organization and a wonderful program. And for young people, you, you do become part of a family. You do. And that's why I think that this organization, because there's real growth in Unico. You know, I think that the future of these organizations, the Northeast is changing demographically, and that's just what it is. But I think there's tremendous opportunities for growth in the Carolinas, where a lot of people are moving, in Florida. And it's a lot of these places, people are Italian-American. They're like, gee, I'm the only Italian on this block or in this town. And they're even more attracted to join Italian-American organizations to feel that they're with their own kind and part yeah, of the community. Yeah, of course. That, that is an excellent point you raised. Because I found over the years that in places we don't expect to find Italian-Americans, they're there. Yeah. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned before, the Florida market is definitely a, a, a market. We did have a chapter for a short period of time in South Carolina, too, uh, near Charleston. Unfortunately, that uh, didn't work out. But that is definitely an area where uh, Italian Americans are uh, either there already, oh yeah, uh, or, and or, or, or moving there. But to go back on uh, the camaraderie that that is created when uh, when you go to uh, to uh, I, I could walk into a chapter which I've never been to, and I attend uh, a dinner uh, function which we, we we're doing many of uh, these days, uh, and I walk in there. It's like going to my uh, my the basement where my cousins are. Yeah. Or in the house where my cousins are at a table, and it, John was mentioning before the, the, uh, the, the the common bond that we have, okay, and it just it just creates an instant connection, uh, the instant connection being our mutual heritage. So it's like going to your cousin's house, your uh, you know That's relative's so house. Every September, so our meeting was the first Wednesday of the month, and usually our September meeting would fall right after Labor Day. And Joe Polari was a proficient grower of fig trees. And we knew that at the September meeting, we'd have the most delicious figs because he brings figs in for the whole club. He uh-huh. was to have the dessert, you know? You know, um, Frank Romano, used to, Frank Romano was from Basilicata. Right? He was an actual immigrant from Italy. He would open up, you know the hot red pepper shaker? Mm-hmm. He'd be there 
and he would take screw off the top of the pepper shaker and just dump the hot pepper. <laughs> and we say, Frank, I how can you that? Do and, like and that yeah. he like mix it in, and and yeah. that's when the Italianness comes in. Yeah. Because with all due respect, the Norwegian people are gonna they're gonna get your psychological help. When you want, when you online <laughs> and you just dump the whole red pepper in, and like, you know, why do you care about figs? And then you that's know, that's the real cheese, though. That's, that's the real, right. that's real cheese, the yeah. calabrese and, cheese, as I call it. Yeah. And our thing was, we had to eat. Everything yeah. we did, there was meal involved. So if you're gonna be part, and I think maybe a rotary couple, do you have to go for dinner again and all that? You know, so uh, that was that was the beauty of it. What we did have a commonality. Yeah. You know, there was just something to who talked about his homemade wine and, you know, Richie, Richie Donato, who was the town jeweler at Arlington Jewelers in North Arlington. His best friend was Frank Romano. Frank Romano had a, a, um, a auto body shop called Potenza Auto Body. Now, Richie, Richie is still around, but Frank's no longer with us. And I'm sure Richie will remember. Richie had to make Frank a diamond and gold neck piece that said like Potenza Auto Body. <laughs> So picture now. I think Frank was maybe four foot seven, <laughs> right? He was a hurricane of a man, but he had this. I forget what he had, but it was like a diamond encrusted Potenza auto body. I think he had Potenza, and he'd have his shirt unbuttoned so you see Potenza. And Richie and I used to talk about it when he had to make it for Frank. He'd be like Frank, how many diamonds you know? That's the kind of stuff, and only an Italian's going to get that. Yeah, that's so right. True. That's the bizonness in us, right? And a Medigana mix club. Well, I think Frank's there wearing that golden diamond. It's more diamonds than my. <laughs> And he was a funny, funny guy. And it was a, I don't know, you got me on the nostalgia train. I've been on 24 hours of this, first with Bob Wolfie last night and now with Ralph. Because your uncle, Tony, God, I remember him well. Tony Gagliotti. You know. Uh, Pat, it's still there, if I may. That same uh, uh, camaraderie that you're just talking about, the throwback kind of a thing, it's still there. It's just slightly different. And uh, and and, uh, and uh, uh, you were mentioning before, I think there's a thirst for it. Okay, and uh, a lot of these, uh, you call them Gen X's? Gen Z's. Gen Z's. I'm Gen X. I, I, Gen Z? Whatever the heck they are. Yeah, I can't keep in mind I, who's I think, what. I think there's a thirst for it, yeah. okay? And uh, as, as well as uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, Italian-Americans out there perhaps that are, if they're listening to this, um, that you can find what Pat was talking about. If you join one of the organizations, I know I'm very proud of my own organization, Unicorn National. So if you're interested in that type of environment, finding people of your common um, um, common heritage and so on, follow follow Unico on social media. Perhaps go to our Unico page, Unico National page on uh, Facebook and Instagram and see if you can connect. If you connect with us, perhaps you'll see something you like. If there's something you like, please let us know. And, uh, and, uh, Use that as an opportunity to perhaps explore your, uh, rediscover your Italian heritage. And if you're a young person, Unicode does have a youth program, which I'm very proud to say. Like I said, I was that man 25 years ago. Louis Nicastro, I'm very proud to say, has it now. And even if they want to reach out to the youth program at Unicode, maybe if you're young and you feel a little intimidated walking into a room of people who are your parents' age, there's a, there's a 18 to 26, I think, is the age of the youth program, or 18 to 35 Yes, now. we have a youth program, which is 18 to 25, and basically what it does is there's still a NACES program. Uh, St. Joseph uh, High School in Monvale has the largest ACES program, and uh, Bloomfield still has an ACES program, and there's a few smaller ACES programs. In, in Can I tell the quick story? Do you know how that name came? It, it, it's an acronym, though. It's an acronym? Yes. Like I said, Manny Alfano, who was a deer, who was a, from the Bloomfield chapter, Titan Unicode, Titan in Italian America. He was a, he had a, a, a 
what were those like crooners? I want to say crooners. Those guys who sung in the in the fifties. What were yeah, the names? Crooners. Like those crooners. And he had a band. I think Paul Longy was in that. Paul Longy and Randy. They, Paul, they, Paul, I, I believe maybe Gina and Antonio. Yes, Gene Antonio band. was yes. too. And it's nineteen ninety, and and Manny Alfonso. They're starting the youth program. Goes. I'm gonna call it, and he goes, "We're gonna call it Aces now," because I think they came up with the acronym after it. And Manny goes, "Cause you know, be. when I was young, you were like like when you were like a like a great guy, they used to call you. You're a real ace." Yeah, it's true. And that was how. And we used to like, "Oh, this is the corniest." <laughs> we just sat there, but that's like a family. Like that's I love man. I love Manny. Like, even though he's gone, like it was our own family. And sometimes we drove each other crazy. We had fights in our chapter in North Arlington. Your most dysfunctional Italian family fight, the one you can't tell your non-Italian spouse. <laughs> where stuff was fine. We used to fight like cats and dogs, right? They, they, the chapter had a lot of big blowouts. Yeah, sure. Because it's an Italian family, but that's what made us who we were. That's normal. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. That doesn't <laughs> shock me. I've been in plenty of them myself. That's it, Manny's. Oh, we're gonna call you kids. You're a bunch of aces. Like, okay, that's a cool name. But that was like your Italian uncle. You know what I'm saying? You know, you bring up a good point, and while we have Ralph on, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I do want to make a point about our community because there's a there's a fine line between the fights that are family fights and how our community tends to separate constantly and i know yes you know obviously this just this is something i've dealt with my entire career as a professional italian american um but we talk about young people in outreach you know obviously pat has evolved from the youth chair of unico into what we do now and also creating our italian american future leaders conference in january i hope unico will send some representatives down there to participate and, and to see what we do and to workshop with us. I, I hope you guys will do that because a well, lot of groups somehow feel that if they're not affiliated with Conference of Presidents, they can't participate, and it's just not the case. Well, we did last year. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of my uh, my own chapter, uh, Anthony, came down to uh, the Leaders Conference and a few other ones throughout uh, some of our other Unico chapters. Um, yeah, I mean, youth is important. I started in Unico when I was uh, in my early 20s. So we need to find that next generation. You have so many. Anthony Cassano. I was with him last yeah, night. Well, Anthony Cassano, run. I didn't give you the full name. Anthony Danielle Garardi. Anthony Cassano. Fantastic came, people. Yeah. If I may, Anthony Cassano belongs to my chapter. I brought him in. I knew his dad. And Anthony's been, uh, uh, he, I mean, he, there's nothing Anthony doesn't say uh, no to. Anthony will, yeah. will, will do anything. He's a nice young man, and he's very proud of his heritage. So uh, I'm sure you'll see some of these people again at the at the youth conference. Yeah, and they're, and they're, so. they're all unicans. But to go back on what you mentioned about organizations, it's funny how Italians uh, we are. Uh, maybe it goes back to some of the pre-Garibaldi days when we had all these uh, nation states and so on. Um, I, I, I'm going to say this. There's a lot of jealousy. Yeah, you're not, you're not saying something radical. Yeah, the, that could be John, the byline John for and our I, show. I hope you know. I hope you know, Ralph, that John and I exclusively now wear red underwear. <laughs> I, I have. We got so much money. You think I'm kidding? If you I, show yours. I'll show yeah, you mine. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Well, when we open the store, the I'm going to manufacture. I got them on. I'm not kidding. I got and I got socks with the horns on them too. I always wear them now. Um, but unfortunately, that uh, that causes a lot of unnecessary uh, situations. Yeah. Um, and perhaps we may need another Garibaldi to uh, to bring us all together again. Um, but um, I I I believe in um, in numbers there is strength, and I believe in consensus. So um, I uh, I my, my, my one of my key phrases is uh, "sempre avanti." 
And uh, I believe the same thing for the Italian-American community. And uh, no matter who you are, whether you're Unico or you're not, I believe in Sempre Avanti. Yeah, as long as you're doing something for the community, I don't care what sash you wear, what badge, what is on the back of your business card. You know, we try to be as best as we can, sort of Switzerland, and work with everybody between the show. And we try. We try. We really they try. don't try. Well, we, no, try. we try. We try. Because we, we got our underwears on. So we're, we we're, we're shielded. So Remember, the more the, uh, Italians, the more they hate you, the better you're doing. <laughs> That's absolutely the more Maloika you're getting zapped with That's a Maloika super soaker. That's true. It's because you're a champion. Very, very good. I think, point. can we start to give out, we have the store in New York, Red Muldanda, yes. red underwear to people with the podcast on it and horns. Yes. I want to, I, you know, it's so funny. I was thinking about that yesterday because I do, I do buy them whenever I can. And I was thinking yesterday, another year has passed. You know, now we're going to open the store in the new year. Um, now we got to get products, right? Because we have a store. And I said, you know, it's going to be another new year's past. I've really wanted for the past couple of years to be able to offer Red Mutandi with like slogans on the back, you know, really Malokia, the horns, everything that you need to protect you, the most protective Mutandi you can get. So by this time next year, they will be available in the store a thousand percent. Yes, for sure. Red underwear? Absolutely. Because even when we have guests on, we should gift them. That mm-hmm. should be, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to ask them. the official Unico gift of Tadali. Here's your Mudanda. What size Mudanda you need? What kind of Mudanda you need? Exactly. Here. So when you go to the convention and people are zapping with the Maloy kids coming from <laughs> all different things. That is. I'll order a large now. Yeah, okay? yeah, you got nice. it. Mudanda, Belarus. It's a thoughtful gift. It's a nice. You like a Juana. I like a. For the professional Italian American, all the protection you need, it would be perfectly. <laughs> if you're still listening at this point, I give you a lot of credit. You need more than red. Mutandi. If you're not Italian, and you're listening at this point. You need help. <laughs> now, before we close, because we are at the end of our hour, but Pat, I would like to give you the opportunity. You always play us off with your kazoo or your humming, or I'd love to give you the opportunity to do something. I'm sure you've waited for a long time on this show. There's a Unico anthem, correct? I said this, I ask everyone in Unico who's been around as long as me, I remember someone coming up. I thought it was Manny Alfano, but but Ralph thinks it was someone else, and that's possible. They wrote a Unico. This, we had corny moments in Unico, right, which were kind of entertaining. They wrote a Unico anthem that lasted for about 15 minutes. So they sung it once. We were supposed, because Unico has a prayer. Unico has its own, like, ceremony. Sure. So they had, like, a, a prayer for the meetings, their own grace before meals. And it was supposed to be, like, the American National Anthem, the Italian-American National Anthem, and the Unico National Anthem, right? That's nice. And it went, Unico, growing stronger every day. Unico, so we're here to say. I think it went hand in hand across the land. That's all I remember. Wow. There's no recording. There's no recording of it, but whoever was uh, like, I got the best song. I'm like, okay, thanks a lot. And that was kind of the end of our national anthem. Oh, Had man. nothing to do with being a tang. And a, <laughs> it, you know what it used to sound like? If there was a song for the Jerry Lewis telethon. <laughs> and we sat there. We said, Wait, what did, what did he's like? And it was a great song. It just should have been like a commercial for like, I don't know, like Jimmy Dean breakfast sausage or like Kellogg's frost. It was like a jingle. We had like a jingle. That's awesome. Well, so I've waited we had... 30 years to sing that jingle on the modern version of radio. Yeah, here you go. I Maybe next time I could play it on my traveling kazoo. You sh- if you are out there and you are a Unican in our audience or you are a former Unican or your parents or grandparents or somebody was and you have any idea about this Unican anthem, Please send it to us. Send it to Pat if you. You will them. get the first pair of Italian American podcast red. Mudanda. That's right. You get the PLB. If you Mudanda. have, I keep asking everybody. Remember the song. If you have the song, yeah, the taping or the music to it, the words. Yeah, 
John is going to overnight you the first pair. That's when they come out. Right. Pat, I will check the Unico archives, too. That's fantastic. Because, yeah. uh, as a matter of fact, we have archives in Minnesota, at the University of Minnesota, and I hope to bring them back to the university or bring them to the Seton Hall University. So we'll check and see if there's any kind of uh, Unico song there. And if people want to start a chapter, because you're going to have a lot of people around America who are going to be inspired by this episode and by you, Ralph, who do they contact to, to start a chapter? Very, very simple. Go to Unico.org, and on Unico.org, our website, you'll have an opportunity to, uh, to contact us and to also see what Unico does. So that'll be the easiest way to do it. Yeah, we, we're going to link the website from our show page. You'll have all the information you need visiting our website and visiting the episode page here today and uh, in our social media. Ralph, thank you for coming out. We've been looking True honor, Ralph. For We've been waiting. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I yeah. enjoyed it. I'm happy to spend the time together. and. Hopefully everybody out there gets, uh, if you're familiar with Unico, revive your emotional attachment. If you're a member of Unico, here's something to be proud of. And if it's new to you, something to explore. A great organization with a 100-plus year history of service in a community that, uh, that needs it. And, and I think that that's something to be really proud of. So from all of us at the Italian American Podcast, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. See that you're born an Italiano and your life will be great. See that you're born an Italiano and your life.